Authorities in northeastern Alabama continue investigating a boat dock fire that left several dead. CBS News correspondent Jim Crisula reports from the scene. I'm Jim Crisula in Scottsboro, Alabama. You can smell the charred remains of the dozens of houseboats destroyed in a deadly fast-moving fire at a marina here at the Jackson County Park along the Tennessee River. Burned wood and scarred and twisted sheet metal are all that remain. Yellow police tape surrounds the area where at least eight people were killed. Some Greene County residents say they are calling for their commissioners to vote to protect their Second Amendment rights. Pamlico County commissioners passed a proclamation on Second Amendment rights last Tuesday, and those in Beaufort County debated the issue on January 14th. Green County Commissioner Antonio Blow tells WCTI News. When it comes to citizens, I think that I've always been open to have the appropriate dialogue and the conversation. North Carolina government's information technology chief has signed off on a new short-term contract for a vendor to carry out public school reading tests. Eric Boyette agreed to the $929,000 contract between the Department of Public Instruction and iStation late last week. An increase in demand and a decrease in supply results in an acceleration in U.S. home prices. Home values rose 2.6% in November from a year earlier. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index says that's up from a 2.2% annual gain in October. The average 30-year fixed mortgage rate fell to 3.6% last week, nearly a point lower than a year ago. And the number of homes for sale dropped 85 percent last year. The lower mortgage rates combined with fewer available properties caused would-be buyers to bid up prices. Mike Hemp in Washington. Mike Raley, NCN News. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. In 60 minutes, one of the voices of Super Bowl 54, National Sportscaster of the Year, Kevin Harlan. In about 15 minutes, Hall of Fame coach Roy Williams will drop by. His Tar Heels beat the Wolfpack in Raleigh. Joining us now, a guy who was on the call for that matchup at PNC Arena, one of our favorites on all things basketball from ESPN. Jay Billis, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? Well, geez, Dave, that's kind of a lame way to bring me on the air. Coming up next, somebody way better than this guy. And 30 minutes after that, somebody way better than this guy. Hey, man, as a guy who does public speaking from time to time, in my case, I've always said following Jay Billis at a speaking engagement would be like trying to follow Michael Jordan in a dunk contest. So uh, you're pretty high on our eternal DG show ladder as well, young man. Uh, hey, a sad question before we get into some more fun stuff. How are you as a basketball player back in the day, as a basketball coach, and as somebody who's been with ESPN uh, since even before Kobe jumped from high school to the NBA? How will you remember Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, and to whatever degree you knew him, Kobe Bryant, the person? I think it's complicated. I think it'll be a feeling more than anything. Um, Kobe was one of those players that you didn't have to argue about. The argument was, was, is he the greatest of all time? And that's not even an argument worth having when you get to that level. He's a Mount Rushmore type player and did it at a time when, you know, when he went to the NBA, as you remember, you know, high school players just didn't do that and they didn't do it successfully. And when he stood up at his press conference at Lower Marion High School and announced he was going to the NBA, uh, I mean, I was one of those that were, you know, you're kind of raising your eyebrows going, come on, man, how good could this guy really right. be? 
and he delivered on everything that he predicted and then some uh so as a as a player uh it's just the feeling that you don't have to list accomplishments you just know you know one of the greatest of all time without argument as a person uh i think what i'll remember more than anything was was how he evolved to his post playing career and and presented uh, a mature, complete person, including a mature, complete family man. You name it. Uh, you know, not not just winning an Oscar and all the all the success that came from it, but but how complete he seemed as a as a a, a man and a a father and, and all that. Just uh, uh, incredible, sort of the maturation process that we all got to witness up close. Jay Billis of ESPN joining us. He's a fun follow on Twitter at Jay Billis. Duke, you've told us your thoughts of the Blue Devils on the court this year many times, and we'll have you back closer to the tournament for more of that. Tonight just happens to be Jeff Capel of Pitt visiting, and he recently said on our show he's not sure he's ever been in the visitors' locker room at Cameron Indoor Stadium prior to tonight. Uh, Coach K turns 73 next month. Uh, Jeff Capel's almost 45 years old. When you think of the whole Duke family, of which you have been a part, is Jeff Capel the most logical successor to Coach K in your eyes, whether Coach K coaches, you know, one more year, three more year, five more years, or whatever? Well, first things first, I've been in the visitor's locker room at Cameron Indoor Stadium, and it sucks. <laughs> uh, it's not a nice place. Um, so, so that's part of the difficult experience, I think, of playing in Cameron as a, as a, a visitor. Uh, Dave, I'm not trying to dodge the question. I really don't know the right answer that if you had asked me five years ago, how much longer is coach Bay going to go? I probably would have said five years. Yeah. It seems like that's the answer every year. I mean, probably five more years because he's defied every bit of, of coaching logic and longevity logic that you've, you've had as have guys like Jim Beheim and, and Roy Williams and all that. Who imagined when we were younger that, that people would coach to this age and coach that well. Uh, so it's it's remarkable. Who it is, I, I don't know. I mean, Jeff is a logical choice. He's not the logical choice in, in my view. Uh, but what, what one of the things in the back of my mind is, in saying that is that I wouldn't wish that job on anyone Yeah. because I think it's going to be the hardest act to follow in the history of sports, uh, harder than Bear Bryant, harder than John Wooden, you name it, because Coach K has been there for, 40 years and every bit of success he's had has been on television. Uh, so, you know, the, the guy that Gene Bartow followed John Wooden, all of his success was not on television. Right. And uh, it, it just, it's not the same. So this is going to be the hardest act to follow. And I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure anybody, even though somebody's going to take it, it, it might, it may say something weird about you that you want it uh, because it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough act to follow. Pitt visiting Duke tonight, 9 o'clock. That is an ESPN game. UVA hosts number 5 Florida State, 7 o'clock. That is also an ESPN game. We've been talking about this year both the lack of quality depth for the ACC outside the top three, but also those top three are all in the national top ten. When you think of FSU, Duke, and Louisville, uh, does one have the highest ceiling in your eyes, just the most potential for growth between now and how dangerous they can be in March Madness? Or, or do the current rankings, you know, Florida State first and then Louisville and Duke, uh, is that the pecking order as you see it? I think it just, uh, you know, the, the pecking order in the polls is just who hasn't lost lately because yeah. uh, everybody's going to lose going down the stretch. And 
and best and most potential for growth could wind up being two different things with regard to these teams. I, I still think Duke has the most potential for growth because of their youth. Uh, and, you know, Florida State is so good defensively. I'm not sure they're, they're quite where they want to be on the offensive end. But you can't run anything against them. Yeah. They, they are so good defensively. Uh, Louisville, I think, has the, probably the best pieces and the best blend of older and younger. And especially with David Johnson emerging as a as a, a solution at the point guard position, I mean, just, as great as he was at Duke, what what a revelation! I mean, I knew he yeah. was good, yeah. but I didn't know he could do that. And and Chris Mack had been telling me that, but I hadn't seen it, and uh, and that was stunning. So I, I would probably I would probably rank him uh, Louisville, Duke, Florida State. But you know, your point about the ACC, so those top three teams. Those are the only teams in, in, in the net ranking that are uh, the, the NCAA evaluation field. Those are the only three in the ACC that are in the top 40. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a problem for the rest of the league because if you don't knock off one or more of, of uh, Duke, Florida State, Louisville, you're not getting a ton of credit for it unless it's on the road and you get that, that boost uh, you know, from, from having a road win where you might be able to jump up a quad. Last thing for you, with Roy Williams on the other side, you happened to see the Tar Heels uh, beat the Wolfpack last night. You were there. Just your general thoughts. I mean, Joe Lenardi has the Wolfpack still last four in in his early bracketology. What is the Wolfpack missing as it continues to hang around the bubble? And then what picture do you paint for these Tar Heels who are only 10-10 and and near the bottom of the ACC standings, but they're playing a little better, and they're about to get Cole Anthony back at some point soon? Yeah, uh, first on NC State. NC State is good. I mean, I'm impressed with, with their, their group. Uh, they cannot win, though, against the best teams that they play if C.J. Bryce is going to have a bagel in two straight games. Yeah. I mean, he's gone two straight games without scoring a point. Yeah. And it's not like he didn't play significant minutes. Uh, I thought the, the thing that lost them the game against North Carolina, I thought their shot selection was really poor, that they had way too many empty possessions where they got it, it went down in the book as a field goal attempt but it was a bad shot and might as well have been a turnover uh north carolina i've been look this is not a vintage north carolina team uh but uh i i have said from the very beginning after seeing them play that they're way better than they, they had been playing and w- what has impressed me most the last probably 10 days or so is the the fight they're showing uh like brandon robinson playing last night yeah. injured you know, his ribs, uh, you know, he got an ankle when it, when he got his uh, right knee hit early on in the game. And he kept coming back, coming back. And then I, I don't, I couldn't respect Garrison Brooks any more than I do. Um, he, he is a respected player around the league and a guy who brings it every game. Uh, he was fantastic last night and has been game in, game out. He's been an absolute rock for that team. So when they get Anthony back, uh, they'll they'll be much better. He, he needs a little bit of time to to you know get back into it and get back in game shape. But when he gets back, everybody gets to move back to more natural positions. And uh, and I, I think North Carolina is going to have a they'll be able to to compete with anybody in the league. Um, they're not going to be last year's team. They're not going to be a number one seed caliber team. Uh, but I, I I have admired in the last couple of you know last week or so ten days. They're starting to fight the way they have to with this team to be, uh, you know, high-level competitive, and and I think that speaks speaks well of the way they uh, 
you know, they're, they're trying to fight through this. Years ago, I had to cut short a live interview with UNC's Roy Williams because Barack Obama was a guest on my program, and I'm feeling the weight of that kind of presidential-type matter. As I say to Jay Billis, i got to let you go because Roy Williams is on the other line. That's a good reason to be let go. You've got one of, the, <laughs> one of the best guys, one of the best coaches in the game coming on. Uh, I'll, 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 uh, I'll get off the phone and, and tune in and listen. You have your own presidential qualities, Jay. That's never been more true than in 2020, man. Thanks for the visit, as always, on the David Glenn Show. Thanks, brother. You got it. Roy Williams, Hall of Famer on the other side. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show throwback justice league you know batman wonder woman superman aquaman if there was a combine event where you had to talk to marine life aquaman is your guy zay jones is dominating the three cone drill aquaman is dominating the talk to porpoises drill this is the david glenn show NCN Sports, I'm Josh Zach. College basketball Monday in the ACC. Roy Williams improved his record to 31-4 against NC State as the Tar Heels took down the pack 75-65 in Raleigh. That makes two wins in a row for the Heels following a five-game skid. Roy Williams was asked after the game if he feels his team understands the spirit of a comment he made a couple weeks ago that this year's team is his least gifted. You know, I think that's the most normal statement. It's got the most unbelievable attention of anything I've ever seen in my life. But what we try to do all the time, whether you're really gifted or not, we have to work and do a better job of, of our execution on both ends of the court. You know, I'll go back. I, was, I wasn't very gifted, but I love to freaking compete. You know, and sometimes you got to have that part of it, too. One other North Carolina men's D1 college hoops program in play on Monday. The North Carolina A&T Aggies took down the Delaware State Hornets 82-67. The Hornets will play their first game since Friday when the Knicks visit the Spectrum Center in Charlotte for a 7 o'clock tip. Last night was Super Bowl media night in Orlando. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers taking to the field for uh, Q&A with the media. The questions always offbeat in some way, shape, or form. 49ers defensive lineman Nick Bosa said he feels they will be able to shield the media distraction. We're definitely focused. It's been a long year, um, so we're we're pretty locked in on our, our, on our routines. So um, we're just trying to stick to our routines. Um, obviously, get all this stuff out of the way and then focus back up. I think it'll be easy. We have a really mature team. Reports now indicate the pilot's visibility may have been compromised before Sunday's fatal helicopter crash into a hillside in Calabasas, California that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others on board the aircraft. The Lakers and Clippers have postponed tonight's game in L.A. They say it's too early following Bryant's death. This is NCN Sports. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives? The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council.
To buy your home, you became a house hunting ace. Learned about loans, scoured neighborhoods, and asked the right questions. Now you're queen of your castle. If you manage that, you can get your retirement plan on track. Visiting aceyourretirement.org can help. With 401k tips and smart saving strategies, you'll feel empowered to own your retirement like you own your home. Go to aceyourretirement.org. Because when it comes to clearing financial hurdles, you're an ace. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. All right, where's the wounds? 911, what is your emergency? Please help. My son shot his brother. 911, what is your emergency? 911, please state your emergency. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. It wasn't locked. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. The voice of Super Bowl 54, Kevin Harlan, is going to drop by on all things football. Maybe a little Kobe Bryant. Also one of the voices of March Madness. Kevin Harlan, National Sportscaster of the Year, live in about 45 minutes. Appreciate Jay Billis dropping by. Our next guest is a Hall of Famer in every sense of that phrase. He's had a lot going on lately. Beat the rival Wolfpack in Raleigh last night. His Tar Heels 75, that Wolfpack 65. Recently passed his late friend and mentor Dean Smith on the all-time wins list. He doesn't seem to like talking about that all that much. But he did get back in the win column last night. He does have his freshman point guard, Cole Anthony, returning at some point. Roy Williams, welcome back to the David Glenn Show, Coach. How are you? Good, David. I hope you're doing well as also. Doing great, man. Uh, let's talk about something kind of sad before we get to the fun stuff, including your win over the Wolfpack. Uh, I believe you were the head coach at Kansas back when Dean Smith was recruiting him for the Tar Heels, Kobe Bryant. Uh, I don't know to what degree you knew him as a player or a person, but since he was just such a huge figure in basketball, as are you, what are your reflections on his passing and, and whatever you recall about him as a player in person? Well, I, I was. I was coaching at Kansas at that time, and I called Kobe. I spoke to his father, Joe, uh, Billy, Jelly Bean, they called him. Yep. I spoke to him and thought, well, I don't think he's going to college at all, but I'm really sure he's not going to go to Kansas if <laughs> I moved on. But uh, I thought he was just a phenomenal player uh, when he got in the NBA. I just thought what he did was 
uh, use that same word again, phenomenal. But I love the way he played, and I love the way he attacked everything. He had that uh, the killer instinct that maybe it shouldn't use that terminology, but that truly is what it feels like. Uh, I loved his work ethic. I love how how he was so focused and uh, devoted. Uh, Michael really respected him a great deal, and I always had a uh, great relationship with uh, Michael and liked his evaluation of people. Uh, I love the things that he said. I love the example that Kobe Bryant set. Uh, he was a winner, and uh, he drove himself uh, to an unbelievable height, and he pushed other people to come along with him. If you want to win, you got to come along with me, and I've always uh, appreciated those guys who put winning at such a high, high priority. Coach, the phrase being thrown around is Mamba mentality, and I don't think your Tar Heels have quite earned that phrase yet. But when you think about what has changed, I know you mentioned a little bit of this in one of your press conferences. At one point, you all had lost 9 out of 11. That that is not something that you have experienced maybe ever uh, as a college coach. You came close against Clemson, came close against Virginia Tech. They both went to overtime, and now you have back-to-back wins over Miami and NC State. Uh, They're tougher, your Tar Heels. What else has improved as you've gone from there to here? Well, I believe we've improved in several different areas, but just a little bit, you know, but we needed some of that little bit of improvement before some of those losses. I think, uh, you know, it's a really great group of kids, and I enjoy them uh, immensely. We've got to get better defensively, and I think we're making some strides. I thought first half against Miami, well, we're getting better defensively. And then the second half, we weren't very good at all. We had just got such a big lead, and we were outscoring them, but we we weren't stopping them. If they missed a shot, it's because they missed. It's not because of anything we did. But I think we're getting better there. I think we're also getting better understanding the value of the basketball and uh you know we had 13 turnovers last night and state uh, does pressure you some and and causes some of those but we're causing some of our own and i think that particularly in the clemson game they got their press uh late game in the right spots and we didn't get in the right spots and we threw it to the wrong team (laughs) and so that's that's a bad situation so i think we're understanding the value of the basketball a little better and uh, taking care of the ball more. Our shots are going in a little bit more. You know, B-Rob was out and not healthy so many times for us this year, and he was sensational against Miami, and he's had another couple of games where he really shot the ball well, and he shot the ball well in the Clemson game. We just didn't – we needed to make one play here or one play there and, and didn't get it. And I also think you've got to congratulate the other teams because they, they have the right to make plays as well. But I do think we're getting a little bit better, and I'm still very frustrated that we're not playing at the pace I want us to play with. And it's probably the poorest uh, job I've ever done about getting guys to run and and push the tempo. But uh, uh, we're trying to – we're working on it every day is all I can tell you. Coach, you've never seemed to care much about personal records, but there's a rivalry number. You're now 36-4 and four against NC State. You have seven straight wins at PNC Arena. My question is, I think it was Andrew Playtech last night who said, hey, nobody wants to beat the Wolfpack here more than Coach Williams does. Now, he wasn't even alive, Coach, when you were growing up in the mountains hearing from your buddies about David Thompson and Monty Tao and the Wolfpack, and that you've told us that story before. How, how does your modern-day Tar Heel player know that about you? I guess they pick it up from the former players. I mean, I do emphasize, you know, I think that one of the things 
that I don't want to get caught up in. There's so much attention. People will say, come on, Coach, just beat Duke. Or come on, now, yeah. just Coach, as long as you beat Duke, we'll be all right. I'm, I'm thinking, hey, guys, we've got some other rivals around this <laughs> yeah. area that I think are pretty good rivals for us, too. And, you know, the media takes care of the Duke thing. Uh, I don't have to say too much for that, but I don't ever want us to let down uh, only the other rivals we have or anybody else in the league for that merit. But I do emphasize Wake Forest. I do emphasize North Carolina State, and I do emphasize Duke. It's just that I don't have to do as much at Duke because everybody else is doing it for you. But uh, I grew up when uh, I went to school here when that was a big rival. I went to I was coaching here when it's tremendous rival. I was a high school coach when David Thompson and his club were doing those things, and so to me, it's always been a big rival. And some of my very close friends in high school went to North Carolina State, and, and that made it even more of a rival for me. <laughs> and uh, so it's it, I do emphasize those guys, but uh, if I knew that that was the only reason we were winning, I'd emphasize it to everybody else the same way too. So I think that we've been fortunate, and, and our games that we've played against them uh, have been some of our better games, and uh, that's been good for us, and I hope we can continue it, to be honest with you. Coach, I went all the way back in your track record. I think I met you in 1987 when you were an assistant to Dean Smith. Uh, I went all the way back to the late 70s when you jumped to the college level from Owen High School. You have never been associated with a losing record as a head coach or as a college assistant coach. Now, I don't, you might have had a losing record as like a golf coach at Charles D. Owen High School or, so, or, or in some other capacity, but y'all are 10 and 10 right now. Does your job get a lot different or more complicated um, when you're in a mode like this as you were 10 years ago? But I can't think of another time. Well, you know, in 2010, we struggled quite a bit. We won the championship the year before, and everybody says, well, they'd take that and then struggle the next year. And I would too, but it didn't mean it was fun going through right. the 2010 season. And we were 20 and 17 at that point. And I'm going to hold you personally responsible if we ever lose a season this year. I'm going to blame it Sorry, on you, man. David. Sorry. <laughs> but no, it's. I really do. People think it's uh, corny or they think it's just mouthing something, but I approach every game every day trying to get better. And I had a great statement by one of my former players, and uh, uh, Dion Thompson's got a lot of attention or got me a lot of attention because he had my face autographed, I mean, uh, uh, tattooed on his leg. I yeah, thought, good yeah. God, son, what's the matter with you, boy? But he said something that I really appreciated in 2010 is that I kept coming to work every day saying, guys, we can get better, we can get better, we can get better. And 20 and 17 was a hard year. And at the end of this regular season, I asked everybody on my staff, and they said, and I said, do you want to go to the NIT? And everybody said no. And the administration didn't really want to go. And my wife said no. And I outvoted all of them because I said, no, if somebody's going to invite us to play, yeah. we're going to go play. And Dion, at the end of the year at the banquet, said that that uh, it's something he always admired, it, that regardless of how tough it was, that I kept coming saying, <clears throat> like I said, we're going to get better. Let's work. Let's work. And uh, uh, so I do that all the time. And fortunately, we haven't had uh, – uh, too many tough years. We've had a lot of really, really good years and, and even a few great years, and uh, I like those a lot better. 
I feel like you and I have talked enough times over several decades that I know which co- which questions you like more and which ones you like less. So you can be as short as you want on this one. Is there anything left to say about you passing your great friend and late mentor, Dean Smith, on the all-time wins list, given that you wanted no part of any ceremony for 880 and sounded like you had to be talked into one, uh, even with Coach Smith's son congratulating you after 879? Well, you know, it has been way too much said, David. It just means I've been around a long time and I've had good teams and hopefully get the chance to coach some more. But uh, if I told them if there's going to be any celebration, if there's going to be any recognition, if there's going to be any whatever you want to call it, I wanted it when I got tied with Coach Smith. I never wanted anything yeah. to uh, about beating any record that Coach Smith had because I don't believe that's a place I'm comfortable with and don't believe it's a place I want to be and, and deserve. So the tough thing was that night is Anthony Harris got hurt and I felt the worst I've ever felt mm-hmm. during a basketball game by any any measure. And I didn't want to go out and do that because I wanted to go at least put my eyes and put my hands on Anthony. And I know how hard that kid worked after tearing his ACL last year. I saw him at mate weight room three mornings a week when I was in there. And I know it doesn't look like it, but I go in there three days a week myself. And I was just so proud of him and looked at he was really having some success. And I was so happy. And then all of a sudden it's the other knee. And so I really did. I mean, they uh, Scott Van Pelt, my wife said, let's watch this. And I was about to get up, and I was going off the court, and they tried to stop me. I said, I don't want to do this. And then they said, and I said something else. I don't want to do this. And then I turned away. But what they didn't see is I said, I just want to go see Anthony. And that was mm-hmm. the whole uh, yeah. thing there because I would not have – you know, denied uh, any kind of recognition with Scott Smith by any means, but it was just I was so disappointed for Anthony at that point, and and that was really hard. But no, it's it's gotten enough play. Let's let's move on, and hopefully I'll win another one every now and then, and have a little more fun with it. All right, here's one more that I know you want to move on from. Least gifted. One of the things I've always loved and respected about you is you're candid, you're honest. And I guess you kind of got the curse of being of instead of giving us coach speak, which would have been safe territory, you said least gifted UNC team. I know that you believe the media blew this way out of proportion. My question to you is, does it matter with your own players? Does it did you get pushback from parents or players? Are there things you should not say out loud, even if they're true? Because I've been watching your teams for a long time, coach. Uh, Jeff Capel joined our show and said, you know what? Roy ain't lying. That is his least gifted team. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's weird that you kind of got a lot of pushback for saying something that it feels like everybody who knows basketball agrees is true. Well, I think you're exactly right. It is the least gifted. It is the truth. But people can make it all the one. I even read either today or yesterday somebody said that I said it was the least talented team. That's not what I said. Playing hard is a talent. Yeah. And I even used this with one of the guys on my staff. I said, I've said before, Kendall Marshall wasn't the most gifted player that I've ever coached at point guard. He was one of the uh, limited guys. But just because he was lesser gifted than somebody else didn't mean he was a heck of a player. People that bounced back, they acted like they were that I was trying to say well, my players are no good, and that's the reason we're losing. That was a bunch of BS. It was I was being truthful, and 
least gifted. I wasn't very gifted, but I tried to get everything I possibly could out of my ability. And the way it was stated, I said, look out there on the court. It's the least gifted team. There's only one McDonald's All-American out there. Yeah. I've had three, I've had four, I've had five, you know, I mean, so, yeah, I think it was blown completely out of proportion. People that wanted to find something negative say they could use that, and I can't control that that kind of situation. Uh, other people made fun of it from other schools. Some of our own people may have even gotten upset at it, but I can't control what they, how they interpret something. But for me and my players and my staff, and I, as I said, Kendall Marshall is less gifted than some other guys, but nobody have I ever loved more than I did the way Kendall Marshall played. I would tell anybody that Tyler Hansbrough was less gifted than some of the other guys. And, oh, my God, if somebody thinks I'm trying to say something bad about that big fella, they're crazy. Uh, But talent is also working exceptionally hard and taking what you've been given and not only get it to the highest level you can, but making it go even higher. All right, just to, so I don't risk you hanging up on me with three straight questions that you'd rather not answer. Uh, <laughs> let's just You're say, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a good thing we know each other a little bit, or maybe yep. there would have been a dial tone here at some point. Uh, I really uh, no, do no. thank you for your time the day after a, a big win. I'll leave you with this and just be as long or short as you need to be. Everybody, of course, is asking about Cole Anthony's return, even as they are praising Brandon Robinson and Garrison Brooks and uh, and some of the other improvement stories collectively and individually. What can you share with BC in town this weekend? Then you got to go to Florida State. Then you got to deal with Duke. Uh, it's not easy sledding. Uh, what, what can you share, if anything, about his status and his timetable? Well, I really don't have anything, David. When the doctors tell me that he can go out there and practice, and I'm going to practice him, and we'll practice one day, two days, eight days, ever how many I feel like it takes. Uh, when they tell me that he's ready to go, he is shooting now. He's not doing any contact work right now whatsoever, and the only thing he's doing is running around shooting, and I'll watch him for a few minutes, and he's making a lot of shots. But uh, I have to wait until they tell me that he can go and then how long it will be after that before we can put him into a game depends on several things. And, and I've said this, I may have even said it last night to the TV guys, is that he's a very, very, very competitive kid, and plays at such a high level with his body in such a high condition, perhaps he can get back quicker than somebody else could once he starts practicing. But we won't know that until we get him out on the practice court. And I'm not going to get him released one day and play him the next day. That's not fair to the kid. We'll we'll make sure that he's ready to compete at this level. A lesser coach and lesser man would have pretended at some point in today's conversation. I'm sorry, David, our line is breaking up here. I'm going to have to get back to you a little, a little bit later. I always appreciate your time and your honesty, Coach. Uh, appreciate you on the David Glenn Show today. David, I haven't felt like you've been unfair at all, and uh, so we, we can always go from there. But uh, thanks for having me, and it helps to uh, get ready to get to the airport and go on a little recruiting trip. Amen. Thanks, Coach. Roy Williams, the Hall of Famer, year number 17 with the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, what an amazing body of work. That's why he's in the Hall of Fame, but what a tricky challenge this year. Ten wins, ten losses, three and six in conference play, and yet after a couple wins in a row and with the pending return of Cole Anthony whenever that is, there's reason for hope. It's amazing what one game, what can, one game can do, right? NC State going into last night was kind of nicely on the correct side of the bubble. 
and they lose to their rival again at home, seven straight for the Heels over the pack at PNC Arena, 36-4. and four. Roy over the pack head-to-head, dating back 36-4, uh, and four, even counting his Kansas head coaching days. And in a 24-hour time period, State goes from feeling just nice on the right side of the bubble, not comfortable, but in a good place, to questioning a lot of things. And the Tar Heels, while still in a rough place, 10 wins and 10 losses, right? Now Roy's going to blame me if he has his first losing record ever. Three and six in the ACC is just, these are numbers that Roy Williams has almost never seen. The closest was 10 years ago. The Tar Heels were 16 and 16 after the ACC tournament. And when others at Carolina were saying, turn down the NIT, Roy Williams was saying, I know that the Tar Heels are almost never in this position, but uh, somebody offers us a chance to play, the Tar Heels are going to go play, is what he just said. And they did accept that invitation, and they win. They did win, I think it was four games. So you go from 16 to 16. If you had dropped your NIT opener, that would have been Roy Williams' one and only, you know, for dating to the 1970s, losing record. And instead, they finished 2017, still still ugly by Carolina basketball standards. But, you know, they played in the NIT championship game. They made something of a mostly miserable by their standard season. Sure enough, 75-65, the Tar Heel win over the Wolfpack last night in Raleigh. Still tough sledding. You'd think they would beat Boston College with or without Cole Anthony. It doesn't sound like. Whatever Roy's number is, he's, it's not going to be... Cole Anthony practices day one and then plays an ACC game in on day two. I think he's going to need a little bit more ramp up in Roy Williams' eyes than that. The sledding gets really tough. Assume they beat Boston College. Coaches and players can't do that, but we can out here in fan and media land. Let's say the Heels beat BC on Saturday. You're 11 and 10. You're four and six in the ACC. Now people are starting to talk about you the way they talk about some of the other bubble teams. Not you're likely still uphill battle. But at least you're kind of sort of in the conversation because you beat Oregon earlier this year. You beat Alabama, both of them with Cole Anthony. You beat NC State on the road last night. That's another of your better wins. At Florida State is a monster. Still got to play Duke twice. Like, it ain't going to be easy just to finish with a winning record, even with Cole Anthony. But it certainly is a lot more fun to just contemplate what the Tar Heels might be with Garrison Brooks playing great with Armando Baycott playing better, with Brandon Robinson showing some senior leadership with some great scoring games, but also through the the injuries and the trips to the locker room last night against the Wolfpack, they still desperately need better guard play if they're going to make something of this season. But, you know, Cole Anthony is a future NBA lottery pick who happens to be really good at that guard thing at both ends of the court. 1-800-849-2761. Nice work by you, Darren Vaught. getting everybody in Jay Billis followed by Roy Williams and we didn't have to hang up on Jay too early you didn't he wasn't mad was he I mean you were you, no you weren't no, with I, me. in that instance I'm just gonna get you to hit the clock man that's it, we got him for two segments consecutively then it's just about you know managing and keeping that's keeping it. the sponsors happy that's it throw the host under the bus <laughs> throw the host under the bus you know you were not with me at the time but it is a true story that I once said to Roy Williams live on the air, Coach, I'll probably never utter this sentence again in my lifetime, (laughs) but I've got to let you go because the President of the United States is on the other line. 
that actually happened. Like, there's audio somewhere out there. Maybe the only instance in which you would ever say something like that to Roy Williams. To anybody. Or anybody. Gotta, gotta right, let right. you go. The president is on the <laughs> other line. And for those who forget, Dean Smith had died. President Barack Obama had put out a statement on official White House stationery honoring the late, great UNC basketball coach. So my good friend Hayes Permar, our producer at the time, who had some kind of sort of connections along the right avenues, said, hey, if, if this is an important enough event for a basketball-loving United States president to put out a statement on White House stationery, might it be an important enough event as well? To talk to the guy who hosts a statewide syndicated sports radio show and covered Dean Smith for a long, long time personally. Fortunately, after Obama's people asked around who is this clown, they decided that, yes, we would be the visit. We would be the, uh, the avenue for him to talk to basketball fans and North Car- state of North Carolina sports fans and UNC fans. So we had Roy Williams live on the air talking about the passing of his just – a man he revered, truly, Dean Smith. And then we sit, and then the line lit up. What would you do? It's the White House calling. What do you do, Darren? I think you say, Roy, we got to go. Is there any? He's a Hall of Famer, Roy Williams. Is there any other way, though? No, no you other gotta way. You got to go. I think no Roy understands. Way. Yeah. <laughs> he dealt with back-to-back passing Dean Smith and least gifted questions. And then a Cole Anthony. Hey, when's he coming back? Hey, question. listen, I can't get through two questions back-to-back with my wife, the lovely and talented Maria. <laughs> You've seen her eye darts. It's a good thing I've known Roy Williams for over 30 years. Otherwise, he'd have given me the coach's version of eye darts through the radio. Or maybe, I'm sorry, there's a bad connection, David. We'll have to continue this conversation another time. Now, he's a good sport. And, again, it's, it's odd. We beg coaches to avoid coach speak and to be more honest and more candid. Fans and media. And then he gave an honest, candid answer that included the phrase least gifted. And I don't know. I try to use it as a factual matter because it's worthy of discussion. He described his own team that way, accurately in my opinion. But others have tried to use it as some kind of you know anchor around Roy Williams' neck, which is, I think, inappropriately so. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. You have questions and comments from the Tar Heels perspective, the Wolfpack perspective. Pitt is visiting Duke tonight. Jeff Capel's return to Durham for the first time as the enemy, in air quotes. And there are a couple of themes in play, not only tonight, but moving forward in college hoops for the ACC's bubble teams and otherwise. I'll get to those themes with more of your calls, 1-800-849-2761. We have more Kobe Bryant audio tributes as our staff has collected them from all over the internets. Super Bowl 54 is on our mind. And one thing I promised earlier, why do I think of the movie Field of Dreams as I contemplate both the upcoming Super Bowl 54 and the ongoing Australian Open in tennis. That story with your calls, 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Megan Rapino is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Not everybody wants to sort of uh, back up Colin Kaepernick. Why are things like that important to you? I think it's all of our responsibility to try to make our country and our society and ultimately the world um, a place that is equal for everyone. This is the David Glenn Show. All right, everyone. It's a hard hat game out there, but we're the North Carolina Crays. Yeah. 
and this is our shipyard. We support more than 87,000 jobs in North Carolina. And last year, we put up $15.4 billion to the state's economy. That's nine zeros, Coach. It sure is. So let's get back out there and move that cargo. At North Carolina Ports, we play hard for our state's economy. Now that's something to cheer about. Check out our season highlights at nccranes.com. Take warning as the Carolina Hurricanes return to the ice after a long all-star break on Friday night, January 31st, against the Vegas Golden Knights. You can participate in the NHL's Mental Health Awareness Night. Every Mental Health Awareness Night ticket package includes a special Hockey Talks t-shirt and helps raise awareness and funds to provide essential support for individuals affected by mental illness. Learn more at hurricanes.com promotions. Your next haircut now has a shortcut. Introducing the Sport Clips Haircuts app. That's right. Now the cut you want is just a tap away. Just download the app, check in at your neighborhood Sport Clips, and choose your guy smart stylist, and you're done. We'll text you when your stylist is almost ready. Then head to Sport Clips for a championship haircut experience. It's home field advantage for your hair. No appointment needed. Just download the Sport Clips app and check in. And don't forget a beard trim. Sport Clips. You choose the cut, we cut the weight. David Glenn Show, Jay Billis in the Hall of Famer, Roy Williams are in the books. The National Sportscaster of the Year, Kevin Harlan, is on the way. You can dial us up now in between guests. Good time to jump in in between. Kevin Harlan will once again be the voice of the Super Bowl, in his case for Westwood One on the radio side. National Sportscaster of the Year joins us live in less than 20 minutes. Some of you want in on the Wolfpack's loss. Some of you want in on the Tar Heels' victory and momentum. Still others. Could Jeff Capel be Mike Krzyzewski's successor in Durham? His Panthers, Capel's. Visit Coach K and the Blue Devils tonight, 9 o'clock ESPN, 1-800-849-2761. Pitt falls into the middle-of-the-pack category where there's like a half a dozen ACC teams trying to build NCAA-worthy resumes. The Devils, of course, fall into the top-of-the-pack category where number 5 Florida State hosting UVA tonight, or uh, visiting UVA tonight, number 9 Duke hosting Pitt tonight, and then also Louisville, which is coming to NC State on Saturday. Those are the big three, and I actually agree with Jay Billis. Duke has the highest ceiling of the three. In the rankings, it goes Florida State, then Louisville, then Duke, and fairly so. Why? Well, when Florida State went to Louisville, the Cardinals beat uh, the Seminoles beat the Cardinals on the Cardinals' home court. So if you have three similar resumes and FSU went to Louisville and beat the Cardinals, hey, FSU deserves to be above in the pecking order, right? And if Louisville and Duke has sim- have similar resumes and the Cardinals go to Cameron and beat the Devils, as they did, well, in that power rankings or national polling, they should be higher than Duke, right? So FSU, then Louisville, then Duke. I would actually flip it if you ask not what have they done, which is rearview mirror, Right? What have they already accomplished? That's looking backward in your rearview mirror. The different question is, where do you think realistically teams can go? It's a new question about the Tar Heels. Now that Cole Anthony is back soon and they have a couple of wins in a row under their belt. It's a new answer for the Wolfpack, who have gone from playing pretty well to dropping a couple in ugly fashion. Right, Momentum matters. It always feels like you're either slipping downhill or building momentum in the right kind of way. There are bubble-type teams that need a signature victory, including tonight. And these are the two themes we'll be following as we come back to your calls. 
two themes. Ready for this? Bubble-type teams that need a signature victory, not just in the ACC, but we follow them most closely. You know who that applies to just tonight? UVA and Pitt. UVA hosts number five FSU. If you're near the bubble and UVA, while a good record overall for now, they don't have a great victory. Remember, the Tar Heels beat Oregon. That's a great victory. The Wolfpack beat Wisconsin. That's a pretty darn good victory, although it was home. I'd say at UVA was really good for the Pack. At UNCG, really good for the Pack. UVA doesn't have a great win. Tonight would be a great win if they can beat Florida State. But the Seminoles have won 10 in a row, and UVA has lost four of their last six and barely beat Wake and Winston-Salem this weekend, as I was there to see. Similarly, Pitt is in that middle of the pack. If you look at a Miami or a Boston College or a Wake Forest or Notre Dame is treading on thin ice, but Notre Dame has enough talent that I would say it's still too early. The calendar hasn't even turned to February. I wouldn't declare the Irish dead yet, although their pulse is not exactly a strong one. Miami, Boston College, Wake Forest, forget about it. They they just don't have the combination of talent, experience, depth, remaining schedule. It's just not going to happen. If you're UVA or you're Pitt, I could paint a glass-half-empty scenario or I could paint a glass-half-full scenario. If you're Pitt and you can somehow beat Duke at Duke tonight, guess what? Jeff Capel starts looking more and more like the leader of an NCAA tournament team. If you're Tony Bennett and you can beat in Charlottesville, number five, Florida State tonight, both of those games again on ESPN. For Duke and FSU, it's just building an already great resume if they win. For UVA and Pitt, like this is one of the biggest cookies on the plate as they devour your resume on Selection Sunday. You either have a couple of these signature wins or you don't. UVA is running out of opportunities. Pitt is running out of opportunities. Cavs hosting the Seminoles tonight. Panthers visiting the Blue Devils tonight. They're both underdogs, obviously, against those top 10 opponents. But bubble-type teams that need a signature victory is one theme we'll have moving forward. The other, the bubble team that can't lose to a lower-tier opponent. And we've seen this recently. See what happened to Virginia Tech up at Boston College? Hokies are a bubble team. Big wins are even more meaningful then I think they usually count bad losses against you, but the bad losses still matter. You can't be the Hokies near the bubble and go to BC and lose. You can't be State near the bubble and go to Georgia Tech and lose. They lost twice to the Yellow Jackets this year. You know who that applies to just tonight, and it's going to be a theme for the next month? Syracuse visits Clemson tonight. Virginia Tech visits Miami. The two road warriors have resumes that you could conceive of getting better and making the NCAA tournament. The Orange is playing great basketball offensively. They're getting a little better in Bayheim's zone, and they visit Clemson. Clemson doesn't have the horses. I know they beat State, Duke, and Carolina back-to-back-to-back for the first time since most of us were live. But the Tigers of Brad Brownell, while well-coached, do not have enough horses to make an NCAA tournament run. They just don't. Syracuse does. So, again, it's the bubble team that can't lose to a lower-tier opponent as the Orange visits Clemson. And as Virginia Tech visits Miami, Miami and Clemson are not going to the NCAA tournament, period. The Hokies and the Orange at least have a shot. You know what's bad most of the time, Darren? Cannibalism. There might be an occasion. (laughs) Agreed. There might be an occasional movie where you think cannibalism is really interesting or, you know, a, a, a perfect theme as it plays out on the silver screen. I'm not into such things all that much, (laughs) Hannibal Lecter or otherwise. Cannibalism, similarly, is a bad thing for the ACC. 
Because if these lower-tier teams keep beating the middle-tier teams, guess what, man? The league that averages eight bids a year to the big dance over the last four years is stuck at three and then a bunch of question marks after that. If you avoid cannibalism and the middling teams keep chomping up and gobbling up the bottom-tier teams, well, you just you puff up your resume a little bit while you look forward to even bigger power points, if you will, when you get your matchups against Duke and FSU in Louisville as UVA hosts the Seminoles tonight and as Pitt visits number nine Duke. 1-800-849-2761. Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan, radio voice of Super Bowl 54 for Westwood One, also the national sportscaster of the year, joins us live in hour number three. You can too by dialing 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo U and Agriculture U. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. NCN Sports, I'm Josh Zach. College basketball Monday in the ACC. Roy Williams improved his record to 31-4 against NC State as the Tar Heels took down the pack 75-65 in Raleigh. That makes two wins in a row for the Heels following a five-game skid. Roy Williams was asked after the game if he feels his team understands the spirit of a comment he made a couple weeks ago that this year's team is his least gifted. You know, I think that's uh, the most normal statement. It's got the most unbelievable attention of anything I've ever seen in my life. But what we try to do all the time, whether you're really gifted or not, we have to work and do a better job of, of our execution on both ends of the court. And I'll go back. I, was, I wasn't very gifted, but I love to freaking compete. You know, and sometimes you got to have that part of it, too. One other North Carolina men's D1 college hoops program in play on Monday. The North Carolina A&T Aggies took down the Delaware State Hornets 82-67. The Hornets will play their first game since Friday when the Knicks visit the Spectrum Center in Charlotte for a 7 o'clock tip. Last night was Super Bowl media night in Orlando. The Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers taking to the field for uh, Q&A with the media. The questions always offbeat in some way, shape, or form. 49ers defensive lineman Nick Bosa said he feels they will be able to shield the media distraction. We're definitely focused. It's been a long year, um, so we're we're pretty locked in on our, our, on our routines. So um, we're just trying to stick to our routines. Um, obviously, get all this stuff out of the way and then focus back up. I think it'll be easy. We have a really mature team. Reports now indicate the pilot's visibility may have been compromised before Sunday's fatal helicopter crash into a hillside in Calabasas, California that killed Kobe Bryant, his daughter, and seven others on board the aircraft. The Lakers and Clippers have postponed tonight's game in L.A. They say it's too early following Bryant's death. This is NCN Sports. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Imagine being fired because of who you love. Imagine being denied medical treatment because of who you marry. Imagine being evicted because of who you are. 
Millions of Americans don't have to imagine this. They have to live it. Because in 31 states, it's legal to discriminate against LGBT people. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. <sighs> we want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. I couldn't speak or walk. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhpp.org. Head to toe, everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and N Family Fire. Kevin Harlan's the National Sportscaster of the Year. He's also one of the voices of Super Bowl 54. He'll have the radio call for Chiefs 49ers for Westwood One. He doesn't tweet often, but his most recent tweet was him chatting and walking with the late, great Kobe Bryant. We'll talk, of course, Super Bowl 54. We'll mix in a little Kobe with the National Sportscaster of the Year from the NFL on CBS, the NBA on TNT, and Westwood One, Kevin Harlan. I don't want those damn dookies rooting for us. They've hated all year long. Let them go right on hate. If the situation were reversed, I would hope they would lose by a hundred. You're in fantasy land if you ever think NC State's going to make it back to the national championship game. So just forget that right now. Go to hell, Carolina. Go to hell. Keeping the peace in NC on the David Glenn Show. NCN News, I'm Bruce Farrell. In a midday ceremony at the White House, President Trump announcing his long-awaited plan for Middle East peace. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was there and hailed the plan and President Trump's support for Israel. With you, Mr. President, I'm prepared to seize the moment and change history. The plan would more than double the territory currently under Palestinian control, but it would recognize Israeli sovereignty over the major settlement blocks in the West Bank. President Trump's legal team preparing to wrap up arguments in his impeachment trial as Senator Mitch McConnell and other Republicans wrestle with whether to allow witnesses. The arguments from defense lawyers have jostled for public attention against revelations from a forthcoming book by former National Security Advisor John Bolton. 
A Fayetteville mother facing four counts of child abuse charges for leaving her children at home while she was at work. Fayetteville police say 27-year-old Benazia Sinclair left her children ages 3, 5, 6, and 8 home alone last Saturday while she went to work. Tawanda Robinson called 911 after she observed the children walking down the street with no adult supervision. Robinson tells WTVD she asked the children, where are your parents and where are you supposed to be? They said they were going to grandma's house. They had book bags, they had their coats on, they were ready to go somewhere. They were prepared. According to the report, the children were found walking half a mile from the home down Timberland Drive toward Pritchett in the Hollywood Heights community. Sinclair was released from jail. It's unclear if the children have been placed back in her care. DSS says the information, confidential. The Student Government Board for the University of North Carolina System calling for an investigation into allegations that two ECU trustees tried to influence a student election. The Daily Reflector of Greenville reporting the General Assembly of the UNC Association of Student Governments passed a resolution over the weekend calling for that investigation at ECU. You're listening to NCN News.